Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Well, I've, I left the house, Jordan. Thank God. I finally left the house and did a thing. Let's hear about this thing. Well, I had been to... I had been to one thing other than my own tour. I had been to one show performance since the pandemic. I went Mm -hmm. to to a great concert about, I don't know, a year ago. Okay. And I was like, I got to do, I got to do something. And you know how in Los Angeles, there are those rainbow gradient posters for concerts on telephone poles yes this exists to some extent in other places i remember there were go-go posters like this when i lived in washington dc it is like a color and then it's just text it is not a picture of the artist the text says who is at this concert and then like the address exactly it doesn't even have like a website to get tickets at usually it's just kind of like an address to go to And the poster usually features a variety of artists. One of them is pretty much always Lisa Lisa. That's what I was about to say. I was literally about (laughs) to say, no matter what show it is, Latin freestyle legend Lisa Lisa is there. She doesn't usually bring cult jam with her, Mm -hmm. but she is on there. Surprise drop-ins are bound to happen. There's also a group called La Sonora Dinamita who I think we've discussed on this program because of their famous cover of the Cajun hit, My Toot Toot. Okay. They have a smash Bonda cover of the Zydeco song, My Toot Toot. I have never been to one of these two-color poster shows, although many have been intriguing. The last one I really wanted to go to uh, had Cameo. (laughs) And I think I revisited cameo when we did a cameo segment on this show and i'm like oh i should have some cameo polls and then i just kept on the like best of cameo playlist just from apple music (laughs) it was all great yeah cameo rule cameo are really great i would love to see cameo live yeah one of only a few funk bands that really stayed great well into the 1980s but anyway yeah cameo will be on one of these war will be on one of these yeah You'll have Zap without the late Roger Troutman. Things like this are on these posters. You went to a two-color poster show. I saw a poster for a show that had Brenton Wood and Barbara Mason. Mm -hmm. And those are like... Yeah, I'm not familiar with these people. Yeah, not household name acts. 60s soul acts. I mean, they've, they've had long and fruitful careers. Brenton Wood... Probably his biggest song is the Oogum Boogum song, mm-hmm. which you might not know by that name, but probably you've heard it on oldies. Oogum Boogum 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 Boogum, 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 boogum now, baby. And then Barbara Mason's first and I think biggest hit was "I'm Ready." I'm ready. Oh, sure. To learn. Yeah. Which I think she wrote as a 17, wrote and recorded as a 17-year-old, 18-year-old, something like that. Two classic jams, two classic yeah, jams. Just an incredible, the, the first of those songs, probably one of the great nonsense word spell incantation chorus songs. <laughs> right. 
the latter of those songs, one of the best horny teenager ready to lose their virginity songs. There was a time in music where there were a lot of pop songs about spells and potions. That really is true. I think the the idea of a witch doctor was very big in popular culture for some time, but didn't didn't have a lot of cultural context, let's say. Not a lot of deeper understanding. So I was like, it was billed as the Catch You on the Rebound tour, Mm -hmm. which is one of Bretton Woods' smaller hits. Really great song. And they're both in their 80s, Barbara Mason and Brent Woods. So they're like headed for retirement. Yeah. And this was theoretically going to be Brent Woods' final tour. And so I bought tickets to this show. I bought four tickets. I brought our friend Ben Harrison from Greatest Trek. I bought our friend Noe Montez. And I brought our friend Dan Wally, who makes all the, he's a DJ, makes all the music for Bullseye. I'm like, if anybody I know is going to be excited to see Brenton Wood, it's going to be Dan Wally. And he immediately said he would catch me on. He texted me back, I'll catch you on the rebound. (laughs) And I had no idea what this event was going to be. Yeah. First of all, the tickets were dramatically more expensive than I anticipated when I agreed to bring three of my friends to the show. (laughs) Like, I truly thought this was going to be a $28 operation at a, uh, let's say, a large community center, small theater. You know what I mean? I would guess about that price wise, and I would guess the parking lot of another venue. Yeah, exactly. This is exactly what I anticipated. But when I bought the tickets, they like I think I had again, I had already committed to this with three of my best buds mm-hmm. and I had offered to buy the tickets. Then I went to Ticketmaster.com, everyone's favorite website, and great website. Went ahead and gave them like three hundred seventy five dollars or something. Wow. Just like all like here, have all of my money forever. Mm-hmm. So that I can see two 80-year-olds with some marginal hits. This show did not have Lisa Lisa on it. It did have Frankie J. Okay. Who is a little bit like Lisa Lisa. In sort that of a, same zone. Yeah, a later sort of Latin freestyle R&B zone guy. It also had a woman who sings, who's a young woman. I'd guess late 20s, mm-hmm. who sings low and slow R&B hits right. in covers on YouTube. And I had no idea who she was, and I typed her name into the internet. And I don't think she has any hit songs, but her YouTube videos have like 12 million views. Okay. And it's just her, basically... Looking into a camera, singing a song from Lowrider Oldies Volume 4. Okay. And it was at the Long Beach Arena, which I thought must be a grandiose name. Like, I thought, this can't be an arena. Yeah, Long Beach doesn't have a sports team, as far as I know. No, I, I don't think it does. I mean, I'm like... Does Long Beach State University hockey play in the long? Like, sure. what is going on in this? And I also was wondering, what will the crowd of for this event be? It's a great question. 
Last time I went to a show featuring an octogenarian soul singer, which, as you know, Jordan, octogenarian soul singer, one of my favorite artists, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Groups of artists. I went to see Mavis Staples. Oh, yeah, sure. And she played a rock club in Silver Lake. Mm -hmm. There was maybe 300 people there. It was fucking great. She remembered my name from when I interviewed her. So thrilling, right? That show, a bunch of 33-year-old guys that work at record stores. Okay. Mostly white guys that work at record stores. I was like, is this going to be like that? And I'm like, this is in Long Beach, right? Maybe it's going to be old black people in church clothes? Like gold rim eyeglasses? I was like, I don't know. I'm like, well, Frankie J's on the show. Is it going to be a lot of like, you know, car culture, low rider oldie types? I go to this show. First of all, Long Beach Arena absolutely is an arena. Okay. Did you have any idea of what goes on there when this show isn't there? I mean, I don't think there's a minor league hockey team, but (laughs) that like high level minor league, like top tier college hockey, Uh like it's possible that a college hockey team from the Boston area, like the top college hockey team in the NCAA plays in this place in Long Beach. That's basic or a very large demolition derby. Okay. There's maybe 5,000 people in this thing. It is packed and sold out. Oh my god. 100% sold out. Okay. The concert was four and a half hours long. <laughs> Wait, no, I lied. It was five hours long. Okay. <laughs> it started at eight and it went till one. And there was not long stretches in between performers. Like it was one after another. There were a couple little DJ sets, but the DJ sets were like 10 minutes. There was a hype man who got you hyped in between. He did not identify himself. No idea who this man was. <laughs> did not seem to be a local radio personality or anything. Just like a guy that they felt could keep everyone pumped. Sure. Maybe the most, just the most high energy churro salesman at the arena. Exactly. There was... Every age was represented in this crowd from 21 through 90 years old. Okay. There was no children at this show, but it was roughly equal parts of every, like, cool, attractive young people, legit elderly people, and all the way through. Beautiful. That's what you want. Again, this is a 5,000-person show. Mm -hmm. I saw... No other white people that weren't in my party, which was stunning. There was no record store hipsters at all. Zero. And almost no elderly black folks in church clothes. This was a full-on lowrider oldie scene. And Barbara Mason and Brenton Wood, it was like Billy Joel was going on in Long Island. Hmm. It was fucking out of control. People flipping the fuck out baby bash also the mexican-american rapper baby bash from texas went on performed his two semi hits from 20 years ago and people knew every single fucking word it was awesome it was so great brenton wood was delightful he came on in a zoot suit Mm -hmm. 
with a giant hat, you know, a, a hat like a Cab Calloway hat with, you know, like a nine inch brim. Great look. Looked fantastic. Sounded great. Sang his great songs. Interpolated, you know, You Send Me by Sam Cooke. I definitely Sam Cooke, his hero for sure, into one of his songs. It was great. Barbara Mason went on before him. And again, they're like in their 80s. And she was a little bit, let's say, daughtering. Okay. She showed her age a little bit. Voice mixed when it showed up, when it didn't. A little bit. Coherency. Let's call it mostly. Okay. Not full, but significant coherency. And... She had this career after her like 60s hits. She had like a 15 year career through the 70s into the 80s singing songs about stealing your man. Like slow jams about how she can't be held within the bounds of marriage or like she can't be responsible for your man sleeping with her. She's got a great one about her man and how she's not enough for him and he's dating another man. There's a whole genre of that kind of songs. Mm -hmm. She became the queen of that kind of songs. And they're all like slow jams, great slow jams. Everybody sounded like themselves. Nobody was like, oh, and Midnight Star. Speaking of cameo, Midnight Star was on the bill. They did no parking on the dance floor. (laughs) They did their other big hits. Like Midnight Star have six big hits from the early 80s. They did all of them. It was all the original members of Midnight Star. They did awesome choreography the entire time while doing no parking on the dance floor and everything else. They all wore matching teal suits. It was great. Got nothing like the response to Frankie J and Baby Bash. But this tremendous show. Barbara Mason in her act, she closes with I'm Ready. She says, I wrote this song 60 years ago. You know, you've given me the gift of loving it ever since. When she got introduced, that MC guy, he goes, Folks, if you're out there, you've grown up with Barbara Mason's hit records. Your parents have grown up with Barbara Mason's hit records. Your grandparents have grown up with Barbara Mason's hit records. And if you're doing it right, your children are growing up with Barbara Mason's hit records right now. Barbara Mason does I'm Ready. Which, again, is a song about being ready to fuck. Mm -hmm. It's a song from the early to mid-60s about being... She says, learn to love. But it's about fucking. Sure. There is a long sequence in this 12-minute version of the song where she's just talking... And this is a very sweet song from the perspective of a teen... A late teen, hopefully a legal teen, but a teen. There's a long sort of conversational part where Barbara Mason, who again, 85% coherent, is talking to a guy in the front row about how after the show, she's going to bring him back stage and fuck him. Mm -hmm. And at various moments in the performance... She's up there on stage, 82 years old, I believe she is. And to punctuate lines of the song, 
she does full scale pelvic thrusting. Amazing. Just full on one hand behind the head. Boom, boom. Moves. In fuck, fuck lines from the song. Songs about lines, fucking sure. lines. It's not an abstract. In case you didn't know. To really, really drive it home. Sure. And you know, I had not been out of the house in a long time. I was so happy to be there. I was so happy to be there with people for whom this was a really special thing. Mm-hmm. You know, like seeing Billy Joel in Long Island, right? Like... Only this is music that I personally enjoy. But but just that feeling of like being, this is like something that is people's whole lives, you know? To be there and to see this elderly woman in what might be her, her last concert tour of her incredible 65-year career as a performer. Talking to this guy about how she's going to fuck him after the show. And doing these incredible, you know, Michael Jackson in the early 90s level pelvic thrusts. And I just thought, 2023, man, pussy still good. Pussy still good, you know? For our guest and anyone tuning in to hear our guest, that is our slogan for the year. Speaking of our guest, should we introduce him? Oh, this is one of our favorite guests of all time. Of course, he's best known as the voice of one of video games' top lawyers. <laughs> well, one of video games' ace attorneys. He is also among the cast and creators of Critical Role, one of the most popular podcasts on the internet, which is also one of the most popular video shows on the internet, which is also a hugely popular series on Amazon in animated form and is about to become another almost certainly monumentally popular series on Amazon. Sam Regal of Critical Role. Hi, Sam. Hi, Jordan. Hi, Jesse. Pussy what? Pussy's still good. Pussy still Jesse, can you can you summarize kind of how how we landed on that as the slogan and 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 why why we're using it as the slogan for the new year? Yes. Two men with no pussies ourselves. That's true. Well, first of all, on this program, we have always advocated for the use of pussy to refer to things that are strong because of how powerful pussies are. That's something we learned early on in the program. Pause for the audience to applaud for us. Yes, yeah. that's a brave pause. That's a powerful comment. Yeah. Pause yeah. for the audience to acknowledge our bravery. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? Thank you. No, I don't do it for I don't do it for that. No. Uh, uh, How no. about one more pause for first responders yes. and single mothers? <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we we have always been all about the strength of the pussy. Over the past year, I have gained a sort of new personal lifestyle guru slash hero, a rapper named Glorilla. Okay. And she has a hit song called FNF, Let's Go. Friday Night Football? Sure. Uh, no, it's it's fuck something that I, I it's not appropriate for me to say, free. It got signifies it. that she doesn't have to deal with any more bullshit from dumb guys. Got it, got it, got it. Shitty guys. And it has an incredible video where she dances around on top of cars with her friend who's very pregnant 
and just all her homegirls. And it's just the most greatest celebration of being alive that you could ever hope to witness. And one of the most important and powerful lines that she says in the song is pussy still good. Hmm. It's sort of like a statement of purpose for her that she's been through a lot. She takes care of her children. She is great friend. She's works hard, great rapper. And to be clear, the pussy's still good. Is it like a, it's a status check on, on herself or is it, is it a vow for the future? Or no, is it's it... a declaration. It's a declaration of status and purpose. Yeah. Okay. I would say. So she doesn't need to check in on whether her pussy's, to, she fucking knows. Trust me, Glorilla sure, knows. Sure. She does not 100% know whether foxes are real, which is a different video clip. Oh, okay. <laughs> but she, You know, come hun- to think of it, I've never seen one. Yeah, it's a good point. <laughs> maybe it's I'm a, a maybe I'm a fox truther now. <laughs> oh no, she doesn't deny that they're real. She just wasn't a hundred percent on it when she heard a British person talking about foxes. Sure, she's just she's keeping an open mind. She's <laughs> like, oh okay, they those are real. Not be. Cool. So anyway, yeah, it's it's really about we've all been through a lot, but pussy's still good. But you know what? Fucking the pussy's still good. All Let's right. do this. I love like, it. We still have our strength. You know, we're not ruined. We're not broken. We're powerful. We're brave. I we're like getting it. back out there. I like it. I will try my best to spread uh, the gospel, to spread the word, and uh, to try to get everyone to. You know, I have two kids in elementary school. I could, I mm-hmm. could tell them, and then if they say it to <laughs> enough of their friends, yes, then it becomes yes. like a cool thing that kids are saying again. Teach them, start young. You know, sure. they're impressionable. The minds are still malleable. Sure, sure. What's good about this, I think, also is possible side benefit. They might start doing kegels, in which case mm. they're going to get a lot of pelvic floor strength, which right. is going to help them throughout their life. Yeah, it's a win-win. Sam, can I take a minute to oh, sure. build your sure. brand a little bit? Uh, I mean, y- yes, please. Someone, <laughs> Lord knows someone should. Yes. <laughs> so, you know, when, when you are involved in, 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 the, in the nerd arts as you are, is that, that's yeah. a fair way to characterize? I, yes, yes. I, I am in uh, geek, geek society. Yes. I was once a visitor to this culture, a poseur, but I've now <laughs> become an official member of of nerddom yes objection your honor (laughs) the moment you were cast as phoenix wright ace attorney in the attorney simulator anime video game phoenix wright ace attorney you had a golden lifetime pass is that true all right i'll take 100 percent true and also i think you were in an acapella group but i but i understand you (laughs) you know you i want you you should tell your own story Sure, sure 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 they did metal covers to him, so it was pretty <laughs> badass. I know. So, so I think what I'm getting at is, you know, I think I think in in that world there can be some, you know, some side eye cast at people who the geek faithful think are poseurs, as you said. Mm-hmm. And thank you for using the French pronunciation, sure, poser. Sure. C'est magnifique. <laughs> but if anybody doubted Sam Regal's bona fides, I ran into you at the Ren Fair. This is true. And it was so much fun. Tell me more. Is this something you do every year? Was this a flight of fancy? It was. It, it is something. Jordan, I, I think I can help you understand. The Ren Fair is sort of to geek culture mm. as the Brenton Wood Barbara Mason concert mm, is right. to Cholo mm-hmm. culture. Sure. <laughs> yeah. I do go every year. 
I, in fact, I go twice every year. I go once with my family and we dress up and we love it. We love the activities. We love the fine foods of various handheld large foods that mm-hmm. you can purchase. We love the the performances. There's there's a joust at the one that we go to. We go to the Pleasure Fair, uh, which I think is like one of the oldest Renaissance fairs in America. And um, there's a great joust and there's magicians and there's horny bards that are singing and there's the royal uh, procession and people saying Gramercy and there's privies and it's it's just it's just wholesome fun. I go with the kids once and then I go a second time a couple of weeks later, usually for the fuck fest. Yes. With my band of nerd friends, my mm-hmm. my critical role friends and our extended friend family. And we we get shit faced. <laughs> Hell yeah. And just enjoy it as adults. And do you so I saw you there. I must admit I was probably a little tipsy or something. Were you in Fuego? Were you in costume? Were you decked out? No, I I go, but I go with that kind of like distant irony that I shouldn't go with. I should just say fuck it and, you know, put on the corset and the <laughs> crown. The bustier. Just so you know, Sam, Jordan is kind of too cool to wear all the doublets and corsets and feather hats and so forth. He kind of has to maintain a little bit of distance. He wears his Star Trek stuff and pretends he beamed down right. from a spaceship. <laughs> there is one day every every run fair season where uh, you see a lot of Trekkies because they've they've time traveled there. I was like you. I was too cool for the dress ups the first time I went. Uh-huh. And then I just realized it's way more fun if you just if you just go with it, you just you relent, you know, you, yeah. you just let it wash over you and become you. And it's real, it's real, you feel dumb in the best possible way. And it's great. And Jesse, did you, did you go to this thing? Have you been? I went in high school. I had a high school history teacher who was really passionate about American history and Deep Space Nine being better than the next generation and the Renaissance fair, Miss Letterer. And she took the whole class to the Renaissance fair under the premise that it was a historical event. Oh, I see. It's, it's educational. I don't know if it's a perfect recreation of the Renaissance. (laughs) There's more funnel cakes, I would say than the actual Renaissance. I would say fewer frescoes. Significantly more funnel cakes. A lot more Venmo. (laughs) (laughs) Well, if you're worried whether or not you actually traveled back in time, just scan the area for the presence of Venmo QR codes. If you see them, you're fine. Sam, how do you think the Medici's supported the creation of the great arts of the Renaissance? Zell. They used Zell. I'll Zell. tell you what. <laughs> it's more secure. <laughs> yeah. It came with their bank apps. They don't want to sign up for a whole new thing. Yeah, I understand that. I love that place. It's great. Although in recent years, as my geek notoriety, my geekeriety has grown, it's a little bit, uh, it's a different thing because as I've explained to my extended family who don't really understand the things that I do, I, through no fault of my own, have become extremely famous 
for a very small group of people. <laughs> I think, yeah, and I think that really fits with with the top of the show in that these, you know, these artists who, you know, you know, you know, one or two hits from K Earth One Hundred One Oldies Radio are giant within a certain community. A Sam Regal, you know, who could probably stroll into the Ralphs unaccosted. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. I I did this morning. (laughs) Way to go. (laughs) But yes, at a Ren Fair, that is is a place where a Sam Regal might get his... close torn off yeah yeah and and it's it's made the event a little bit uh it's 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 different because part of what we loved me and my friends love about the event is that you can get blotto there's a there's a bar area where wenches and i only call them wenches because they call themselves wenches guys i am not they're taking back the term yes (laughs) yes they're reclaiming their 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 pussy still good Uh, (laughs) but yes there are wenches who will pour beverages down your gullet Yep. And mock, mock you as they do it. And you can get, you know, pretty uninhibited and wild there. But now wait, I have to... Wait, Sam, this is not something I did in high school. This is some kind of mead or ale dumb. Yes, there, there's mead, there's ale, there's various mixtures and concoctions. And there's saucy, saucy wenches, uh, busty wenches who will... Who will take said drinks and just and shove them in your th- down your throat and uh, and y- and yell at you if you don't chug fast enough? Whenever I'm getting loaded at the Buffalo Wild Wings, the bartenders never mock me. <laughs> yeah, and that's why I am never going back there. So here's what I'm wondering, Sam. Yeah, because like you, I'm very narrowly successful. I'm not on the same scale of success as you. I want to be clear: your success has been extraordinary. <laughs> From the moment you were cast as Phoenix Wright, Ace sure. Attorney. Sure. But when I'm in one particular place, that place being Park Slope, Brooklyn. Sure. I am accosted on the street because in Park Slope, an NPR host is like unto a god. Totally. Totally. I get it. But for that reason, when I'm going to the bagel hole in Park Slope, I have to mind my P's and Q's. I have to take great care. Sure. You got a tip. You don't know if a cell phone is on you? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Somebody's going to compare me to Brooke Gladstone from On the Media. <laughs> right. And I got to come out smelling like roses. Yeah. You know? I can't come out of this thing beat down like Bob Garfield. Yeah. I mean, they'll be all, I mean, Elvis Mitchell tipped 20%. <laughs> right. <laughs> Elvis Mitchell. As we have discussed on this program before, Elvis Mitchell, the- sweetest smelling man with whom I've ever interacted. There's no way I could ever, I could ever compete with the experience of meeting Elvis Mitchell. But when you're at the Renaissance fair and you're getting mead dumbed, Mm -hmm. you know, as someone is, whatever it is, pouring mead down your mouth and insulting you and crushing your balls with a Falcon and all this stuff. (laughs) You're not going to be making good decisions. So what if you become an angry drunk accidentally and you insult someone? Yeah. Well, that's why you go incognito, right? Uh, You know, in recent visits, we have taken to starting to wear masks. Not not full. We're talking like Phantom of the Opera mask. We're talking like like masquerade ball type masks. Yeah, like creative intercourse event masks yeah fidelio sort of yeah you could still 
let's be frank, suck a dick with these masks. Sure, sure. <laughs> it's going to be fine. It's not like a full coverage situation. No, it's this just is... enough to add intrigue to the diddling. Yeah, this is Republican Congress orgy type mm-hmm. mask. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you got the mask from your first visit to the basement of Yale. Uh-huh. <laughs> and now you've, you got to take it home with you and you can use it at yeah. various Renaissance fairs. Yes. <laughs> It works to some extent, but, you know, your most of your face is, is being seen. I have a very broad smile. People can yeah. still pick me out. So Distinct voice, too. So while sure. you're, you know, screaming, you know, more mead, mommy, more mead, mommy. <laughs> people right. recognize those dulcet tones. <laughs> They're like, that's Phoenix Wright, Ace Attorney. <laughs> I think I because sh- I was talking with my my crew that goes to the Ren Fair, and, and we were planning this year's trip. And... And I do want to go and I do want to like close that ironic distance. I do want to like actually do it. I do want to like say yes. And, you know, I, I, I do, you know, I have been a bad boy for wanting so much mead. And <laughs> I am a little mead piggy who uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> needs to have my tiny little pig balls. <laughs> Is know. there something that you can do to... To free yourself, to let yourself get to that sort of, it's a vulnerable place to be decked out in uh, uncomfortable raw silk clothes right. and 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 strapped leathers in the inland Southern California heat. <laughs> sure, in the in the bottom of a <laughs> of an old dam with a pauldron on. By the time you get past Pomona, God, right? Yeah, you're wishing for a contemporary wicking fabric. Yeah. <laughs> Past Pomona, that's where you're getting soggy leathers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How will you psych yourself up? Will you, uh, I mean, is it just alcohol? Is it just a state of mind? Do you have to go to therapy for this? Is this something that you can take mushrooms? Like, how will you, <laughs> oh, how will you, how will yeah. you get there? Perhaps a micro dose. You know, you said alcohol. Yes, that's, that's a great idea. Great place to start. Yeah. Getting a little drunk in the parking lot before we go in. Sure, I think that's, sure. you know, cause yeah, you can get drinks there, but. You know the the shame's gonna set in before I get that first meet. So uh-huh. if I can get a little drunk in the parking lot, that might actually help. You know, I think I think having the costume will do it. Yeah, I wanted to ask you your costumes that you wear. Do you own them or is it something you rent? <laughs> and after that, is there a certain fantasy creature that you think I might look good as? Oh my god! I mean, I think because well, so I'm. Rather tall, not as tall. I, I don't think as Jesse, but Jordan, you're 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 puckish to me. Not not in not in terms of like you're not you're not a tiny man or anything, but your personality. Right. I don't know. I feel like you're puckish. So maybe yeah, as a that's I think that's that's a fair characterization. You could go as as like a satyr, a, a mischievous, oh, a half goat man. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't hate you know. Don't hate it. I've always said, Jordan, that you have goatish haunches. <laughs> yeah, it's true. <laughs> and I do love to eat cans, not the tin ones. <laughs> Thank you very much. No problem. You don't mind getting involved with a cloven hoof if you don't have <laughs> No, I don't. <laughs> no, I do not. I am not kosher in that way. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that. I mean, puckish, yes. Mm-hmm. You could be bottomish and go as a donkey man. Oh, yes, mm. sure. Uh, b- bottom of Shakespeare fame, the bard mm-hmm. himself. Yes. 
Yeah, Donkey Man might be good. I mean, you could just go as a human. I mean, a lot of people, uh, there's there's so many different kinds of, of, of human people. I've, I sort of have purchased, I own now, yeah. these sort of peasant clothes. I got them on Amazon. They're the cheapest ones you could buy. You could just type in Renaissance Fair clothes. <laughs> Uh, but then I have a Amazon. F- it's a great place to get Renaissance <laughs> clothes and a great place for adult animation. That's <laughs> <laughs> true. But I have friends now who they they have all sorts of stuff that they buy. They buy shit at the Ren Fair. I've never purchased anything there. It's so expensive. Yeah. You can get like a strappy leather thing to put your wallet in for like $280. It's handmade. <laughs> it's gorgeous. San Regal, 20% of the people listening to this right now make renaissance fair garb and sell it on etsy like i want you to know ahead of time that (laughs) that there are thousands of people listening right now who have a selection of velvets available to them at any time sure 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 and i do too because i'm friends with folks who buy all this stuff they have dagger holsters and they and they have over the shoulder different shoulder holders yes exactly (laughs) that's what they're called so I borrow, I, I have my sort of peasant underlayment, and then I get some some fancier things to sort of put on top. Your feathered cap. Oh, that's smart. Your belts, that's smart. your bootstraps, that kind of stuff. You accessorize. Wait, so when you say a peasant underlayment, are you talking about wicking base layers? I'm t- <laughs> a big poofy Seinfeld type shirt. Oh, got it. A a very tight pair of uh, of pants. Sam, you would make an excellent Dread Pirate Roberts. Oh, well, it occurs yeah. to me as I look at yeah. you right now, you'd make a hell of a Dread Pirate Roberts. <laughs> That's a very, I take that as a compliment and I will, uh, maybe I'll, I'll plan that for next year. You don't have to be named Robert to be, I mean, no. Wesley was. That's right. Yeah. So just a suggestion. Okay. I'll take but it. But you know what? Do as you wish. I will, but uh, Jordan, you could be you could be a magic user. You could be a druid. You could be yeah. you could just have a, a book and a cloak and be a wizard. So and what, a, and okay, a wand. so this is a sincere question because I only have very very vague memories from having gone in high school. To what extent is it Renaissancey stuff? To what extent is it Middle Agesy stuff? Mm. And mm-hmm. to what extent is it like fantasy novel stuff? I mean, it, there's. There's a little of all of it, but Jordan, your, your observations first, please. No, you're sure. Uh, you, it has become a mishmash, and I'm sure that there is a certain type of Ren Faire goer to whom that drives them nuts. Uh-huh. Like it's the Renaissance fair and you're and there's Vikings and you they're can't wear a fucking digital watch. Right. <laughs> I'm sure there are purists. Out you, there. What did you come from? Colonial Williamsburg, they say. Right. <laughs> But yeah, you'll see Vikings, you'll see ninjas. Wait, ninjas? Sure. Yeah. They're olden times. There's also steampunk people who steampunk aren't, people. aren't from any particular time period. Is there Spider-Mans? <laughs> I mean, I think at this point- <laughs> Sam, you're a Spider-Man. Let us know. <laughs> <laughs> there must have been a Spider-Man at some point. There's got to be. Ye old, gotta ye be. old Spider-Man. But you know, a ye old like an, an old-fashioned styled Spider-Man might be kind of cool. You know what I think? Did you see that, Sam? Did you see that Into the Spider-Verse film? I did. I, no, I, I, did, well, I didn't want to presume because maybe you had Spider-Man envy as a past Spider-Man. Yeah, it was. I was boiling inside watching it, just, just stewing with hatred for the, for the new actor. They had, you know, Spider-Ham. Uh-huh. They had right. 
Japanese girl anime Spider-Man. They had all these different Spider-Mans. I think you could have a Ren Fair Spider-Man, and I'm going to go ahead and suggest Wallace Shawn for the role. Ooh. Good in everything. Wow. Yeah. Nick Cage. You got your Nick Cage noir Spider-Man, and you got <laughs> Wallace Shawn. Uh-huh. Ren uh-huh. Fair Spider-Man with some doubloons. Is that money or pants? <laughs> Ren Fair Spider-Man will easily be the horniest Spider-Man. <laughs> <laughs> Well, let's do Let's run a quick Spider-Man horny check. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. It's Jordan Jessica. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Every episode of Jordan Jesse Go, of course, brought to you by the members of Maximum Fun, especially with the Max Fun driver on the corner. We want to say thank you. If you're thinking about becoming a member, you'll have the chance. If you're thinking about upgrading, you'll have the chance. MaximumFun.org slash join. That's the bulk of what keeps this engine running. We're also supported this week by the folks over there at Aura Ring. O-U-R-A. You might be familiar with like fitness trackers and stuff like that, Jordan. That's essentially what the aura ring is, but it's in the form of a ring, like a tiny lightweight ring. And this is a finger ring. We should be clear. <laughs> Listen, rings can go around a lot of things. Mm-hmm. This particular one? Rosie's, for example. A, a great example. Yeah. But this particular ring is for the finger. Okay, here's what happens. During the day, It has advanced sensor technology, and it tracks your heart rate, your calories burned, and your activity levels. And at night-night time, it monitors body temperature, trends, sleep quality, respiratory rate, and more. It all gets tracked in an app, and so uh, I've had a lot of trouble myself, Jordan, with wondering what my respiratory rate is while I sleep. Well, good news. I got this ring to help me out. It is really a neat technology. It looks a little bit... On the outside, it just looks like a pretty tasteful plain ring. You can get it in different colors and stuff like that. Inside, it has these sensors that gather all of that information. And, you know, I I think there are probably a, a lot of people who listen to this program who are the kind of folks who like to track how their body is operating and see how they can improve it. And, you know, end of the day, mental, physical, Emotional, we want to know more about ourselves. Visit AuraRing.com slash JJGo. That's O-U-R-A-R-I-N-G.com slash JJGo to find the right ring for you and get $15 off your purchase. That's AuraRing.com slash JJGo. Don't forget to use our link to save $15 on your Aura Ring. We're also supported by the folks at Lumi Labs. Their specialty, of course, is microdosing. Jordan, I know... You like to do a, a nibble and nap. Oh, yeah. I love to chomp down on one of those Lumi Labs microdose gummies before bedtime. It uh, it always helps my sleep. It gets me nice and chill before bedtime. If you're going to watch a little tube before you hit the sack, chomp down on a microdose gummy. It'll make it a really lovely experience. They, of course, also have standard dose gummies. But what's nice about a microdose gummy is it gives you perfect control over how you feel when you do your munching so you don't have to worry about you know not being able to handle what's going on around you i guess is what i'm looking for here (laughs) the phrase i'm looking for here there's folks out there who are you know maybe new thc users who are only occasional thc users and for those folks i know that 
edibles can be unpredictable, but microdose gummies deliver the perfect entry-level doses of THC that help you feel just the right amount of good. Microdose is available nationwide. To learn more about microdosing THC, go to microdose.com and use code JJGO to get free shipping and 30% off your first order. You can find a link in the show description, but again, that is microdose.com and the code is JJGO. Let's get back to the show. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Sam Regal, human Easter egg. Sam, <laughs> I want to thank you. Our, our audience at home can't see you right now. But I want to thank you for wearing a quarter zip sweater that matches the pink, the pink stuffed bunny rabbit in the background of your Zoom shot. I am. Uh, I, I appreciate you. I am at my brother-in-law's house right now for a, fa- a family gathering. Are we allowed to timestamp when we record this? Am I allowed to say what We're day it is? We're recording this during the big game, as I'm so, required yes. to call it, because I didn't license Super Bowl. <laughs> Yes, the Super Bowl is being enjoyed by... WTF is the official podcast of the Super Bowl. <laughs> Marin spent the money. Right. He can say Super Bowl. Oh, uh, wait. My, my whole family is downstairs just loving, loving the game. I'm upstairs on my brother-in-law's computer, enjoying my time with you, and not, not regretting missing the Super Bowl at all, honestly. There's no place I'd rather be. You got a little cocktail, right? You brought a little. You brought yeah. a little refreshment with this you. This is one of those uh, pre-made, came in a bottle, pre-made type of a cocktail. For Ooh. the listener at home, Sam is showing off a tumbler which is full of seven-layer dip. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs chips? Just drink it straight, right? <laughs> That's right. One cube. So, Sam, on this program, occasionally our listeners will stumble into a dark place. Oh. will do something they're not proud of, will show up at the Renaissance Fair in Colonial Williamsburg garb. Oh, oh boy. Heathens. You get run out of that place on a rail. Yeah, it's called a moment of shame. Someone has called in a moment of shame. Let's take a listen. Hey, how's it going, boys? That's right. I'm still calling on the telephone. This is Ben here from Rochester, New York with a moment of shame. I was on my way uh, to Los Angeles, actually, the other week and got on the airplane. Me and my wife sit down in our row, and I look over at the probably 30-some-year-old guy sitting next to us in the row, and I see that he's got a Pokemon backpack slid under the seat in front of him. So I say, hey, man, cool Pokemon backpack. And he says, thanks. It's old school. And I take out of my bag my Pokemon AirPods case. It looks like a Pokeball. And I say, check out my AirPods case. And he goes, cool. And that is the end of our conversation. We fly six hours to Los Angeles, and as we're getting off the plane, I look out into the aisle, and I see that he's standing there with a regular old adult man backpack on, and next to him is a three-year-old child wearing a Pokemon backpack. And so (laughs) I've discovered I'm a child. Thanks so much. Love you guys. Talk to you later. Oh, love you too. (laughs) Yeah. Just talk that guy's ear off for... 45 minutes about lick a tongue. <laughs> is that a real Pokemon? I think that is a real Pokemon. Yes, oh, my Pokemon wow. polls are few, but one of them is lick a tongue. 
and I think that it is an actual Pokemon, and I think it's a funny one to say. Oh, I got Snorlax. That's He's fine. like a fat That's bear that fine. takes a nap. We don't need any more than that. No need to learn more about Pokemon than we need to. Do you know two Pokemon, Sam? I, I've heard of Garchomp. Yeah, there you go. We're all set. <laughs> this is fine. We don't need to learn more Pokemon. Sam knows Garchomp. Jesse knows Snorlax. I know Lickitung. Elder millennials, not it's prime millennials. Fine. Elder it's millennials. <laughs> it's okay for us to know this many Pokemon. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. know one Pokemon and we care about kids in the hall. Yep. <laughs> oh my God. I love fucking kids in the hall. Yeah, I know. Me too. <laughs> They're great. But you know what, though? If I saw somebody with a kids in the hall backpack on the plane, I would, I would chat their fucking ear off. Yeah. I would be right in their grill. You know, I just went on a flight with my son, Oscar. Someone talked to me about my kids in the hall backpack, but it belonged to Oscar. Oh, oh yes. Yeah. He loves the chicken lady. Loves the chicken lady. <laughs> I just introduced always my, crushing people's heads. my son to the head crusher. Yeah, he thought it was yeah. the funniest thing in the world. Yeah, Sam, do you... Do, I was going to ask when you were talking about taking the kids to the Renaissance Fair, if they enjoyed it as much as you, and then also what... What of your stuff do you share with your kids that they like? Oh, well, they do. They do like the the Renaissance Fair. They actually, when we go as a family, they, they do dress up a little bit, but not not to the extent as when I go with my my buds. Yeah. What does that mean? They just wear a Pokemon backpack? They or just what? wear a shirt and they sometimes they carry a wooden sword. That's it. <laughs> yeah. All right. I mean, that's not nothing. I, I don't want to get them. Yeah. They don't need they don't need armor. And it's fine. good because then they can just go straight to Seinfeld Con after. <laughs> <laughs> no, they love they love a lot of what I of what I do. I tell them, you know, I play I play this critical role game. We play Dungeons and Dragons and stuff. I I tell them like a bedtime story. I'll, I'll tell them like what happened in our latest Dungeons and Dragons game. And f- f- I'm sure many of your listeners and you too have probably heard other people talk about their Dungeons and Dragons game. It's very much like listening to someone explain like their dream that they had last night. It doesn't make any sense. (laughs) It's not very interesting at all, but my kids are just wrapped and they love it. They love hearing about our D and D game. I'm shocked. My son watched the live stream of my judge John Hodgman show at San Francisco sketch Mm -hmm. fest with my wife. And the other day I took him to dinner, little father, father-son bonding time at La Beja. And I said, oh, you watched you watched the stream of the, the Hodgman show with mommy? And he says, yeah. I said, what did you think? And he said, uh, <laughs> it was the same as when you make those boring jokes at our house. Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, boy. Jesse, you're doing your house material on stage now? <laughs> Come on, man. House jokes are for the house. Yeah, you got to save it for the house. All I got is house jokes. <laughs> got to work up some Jeeves and Worcester jokes. Am I right? Hugh Laurie is what I'm talking about here. <laughs> you know, keep that know. one in the house, Jesse. Keep, that's a, <laughs> okay. keep that one in the house. Uh, Sam, Fair enough. Put your kid, were your kids in the kids in the hall when you showed them? Uh, I showed my son. He's 10. I th- he Actually, I didn't even intend to show him. He came into the kitchen and I was watching the hall clips on my phone and (laughs) he was like, what's that? And I was like, I guess you can see this. And I I showed him just praying, praying that he would like it because 
I just love it so much. Yeah. And I was so pleased that he loved it. I had to curate the clips that I was showing a bit, not because of language, but just because I think some of those, some of those gags are just not going to be funny to a kid. They're funny to me, but I don't think, I don't, I don't, I don't think buddy is funny to a kid. Maybe. Sam, think about how universally relatable to people of all ages Two fur trappers paddling a canoe through an office in the late 1980s and early 1990s is. That's something that we all understand, the button-down, go-getter office culture of 1992-ish. And we all relate to the idea of the great Canadian fur trapper uh, and his French accent and funny hat. Yep, yep. Yeah, he wasn't uh, he wasn't thrilled with Kathy and Kathy uh, gossiping at work, but he loved the Daves. I know, you oh, know? the Daves. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Kids in the Hall to me is always one of those things that that seems like a thing that is supremely important to like comedy goobers our age. Yeah, but like didn't make it you know too far in the other direction. And every time I talk to somebody of like a slightly younger generation who's in the kids in the hall. I'm, it always is like a relief to me. I'm like, Oh good. Okay. I, I, I was right. This is great. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh yeah. I like the clash too. You say. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So speaking of the early 1990s, yes. Sam, we have been asking our listeners to write into the email address, Jordan, Jesse go at AOL.com to tell us about their earliest internet memories what were were your earliest internet memories? Did you ever embarrass yourself in a chat room? Oh my god, yes, all the time. I mean, I I remember being being in AOL chat rooms, and you know, people would say, "Well, what do they do? They say like age sex check or something like that," <laughs> and you yep. had to put your age and your gender. And I think I probably. I don't remember embarrassing myself in any chat rooms, but I probably spent way too much time in them. What kind of chat rooms are we talking about here? General interest, cool teens, teen Bible. <laughs> Definitely teen Bible. Sound off. What's your favorite praise song? <laughs> oh, God. No, probably just general interest. I, I think the my earliest memory is just getting close to downloading something or getting close to doing something actually cool on the internet and then my mom picking up the phone yeah and being and being disconnected and mm-hmm. that was yeah that's just classic probably got to talk to your aunt you know yeah <laughs> what are moms doing on the phone calling your aunt always talking yes. to fucking aunts we got this one from a listener these are anonymous sam okay when i was a senior in high school in the year 1999 my shout out to all geriatric millennials class of 99 that's me baby Eradicator, right? <laughs> yes. <laughs> you yes! Guys, you guys know what I'm talking about. When I was a senior in high school in the year 1999, my parents went out of town for two whole weeks, leaving me home alone for the duration. I did not drink or do drugs, so the only real bad thing I did was use our 288 modem. 1990, you got to get. That's that's twice as fast as 14.4. 56K at that point. The only bad thing I did was use our 288 modem to slowly download Pamela Anderson booby pictures. <laughs> I don't remember if I printed them or not, but I probably did. Anyway, 
Two weeks later, my parents returned home, and for some reason, my stepdad immediately went into the internet history, which at this point in time, I did not know existed. So, I deny, deny, deny as he is pulling up each page, asking if I went to these sites. Then, we get to one that I actually did not visit. Mm. And I can see in his eyes that he also knows this was not one of mine. (laughs) But clearly a page he had gone to. We look at each other in silence. He cleared the history, closed the browser, and said, I think we're done here. (laughs) And we never talked about it again. Amazing. Do the two of you have memories of finding your parents' nastiness? R.I.P. to my beloved father. I once logged onto his computer in the basement and found strip club reviews. Wow. Like that he had written? (laughs) Yeah, it was he was working on a book. (laughs) He was sort of the Jonathan Gold of strip clubs. Right. He liked the high end stuff, but also the little strip mall places. Sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> All along Pico. <laughs> Technically, any mall with a strip club in it is. Uh... Oh yeah, that's funny, Jesse. Yeah. Use that in your act. That's not a house joke. That's for that's for the road. My father had his proudly displayed his Playboy collection. Oh yeah, sure. At my grandma's house. <laughs> What? <laughs> yes. So we would go to oh the family, God. the family house, the family farmhouse yeah. in Southern Virginia, Lexington, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I think my father and all of his siblings, mostly brothers, would rather than throwing away their old playboys and penthouses, they decided to put them all together and put them in the upstairs bathroom. My gosh. And on a bookshelf. <laughs> and not not just that, they put a sign on it. And it said the Regal Family Lending Library. And it. <laughs> wow. The yeah, Regals they, were sex positive. Wow. They, they were sex positive. And, wow. And I oh, remember gosh. there was a, a bit of a scandal because some of my aunts were like, why are we doing this? <laughs> There's children in the house. Are these aunts by marriage or? By marriage. A hundred percent by marriage. marriage. Like, oh, these so are this is who, their wives. Yeah. They, they came into the family or they were like. His brother and uh, his brother's kids, spouses, you know, because this is a multi-generational people would visit this, this farm homestead. What about Nana? Was Nana on board for this? She never made it to the- What about Gammy? She never made it. Grandma never made it to the second floor. Grandma- <laughs> they, Mobility yeah. impairment. Yeah. Right, they stayed right. down on the first floor. So she never saw that any of this was going on, but there was a bit of a scandal. Now, why was the fuck machine on the first floor then? <laughs> Yes, the fuck swing was definitely front and center in the kitchen. But yeah, there was a big a big brouhaha in the family about whether to remove these things. And the uh, the traditionalists won, meaning my father, and they stayed. <laughs> they they, oh they kept the, the nudie mags. To me, the remarkable thing about this, we have all known in our time an older person who had a Playboy collection. Mm-hmm. Playboy is a magazine of plausible deniability. This is territory that was a house joke by 1988. Okay. I read it for the articles. I read it for the articles, right? You know, you you might need to refer back to the hi-fi reviews. Right. (laughs) Penthouse 
is just garbage. Yeah, that's just a that's a jack off rag, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken. I don't think I've ever actually looked at a penthouse, but I think that's a jor. Is it not? <laughs> My dad was also a Playboy collector. Playboy hoarder now, maybe now that I think about it. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, so I would I would sneak a peek. Thinking back, it's like those are all pretty tame. It's just, you know, like a topless woman sitting on some hay. Pretty, pretty tame. <laughs> yeah. But I did find the one penthouse. Oh. And was so shocked thumbing through it. It it was like if the Playboys were a joint, it felt like injecting heroin between my toes. It oh was my so God. shocking What to happened me. in this penthouse? I relate to this so directly because my father in his office had like a soft cover art book of the greatest Playboy centerfolds of all time mm-hmm. that had like Marilyn Monroe on the sure. cover was like a fancy. It was like when you go to the grocery store and you buy a commemorative life magazine about the life and times Princess of Loretta Di. Lynn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but for naked ladies sitting on <laughs> hay bales. <laughs> and that was what I would sneak peeks at. This was, just this was out. I'm sure my father was aware that it was accessible and it was really just here's something that I, speaking in the first person as my father, am allowed to have as a married man. And this is something that if my son finds it and surprises me by being heterosexual, then it will be okay. It will not warp his mind. But I had a similar situation where my father and stepmother were out of town for some reason. I think my stepmother had been out of town a little bit before that. And I found an actual pornography magazine. Mm. It was a big butt magazine. Mm. And I was genuinely terrified by it and had to like block it out of my mind. I mean, Jesse, if there's one thing I remember about your dad is that he cannot lie. (laughs) (laughs) he could not lie yeah it was a genuinely like upsetting and distressing experience that i remember very very and i think i was like 13 or 14 like i wasn't like nine i think i was the penthouse that my dad had had pp stuff in it oh wow what it had pp stuff yeah that is that to me was that's traumatic Sam, what was the crown jewel in the the Regal Lending Library? Well, I mean, yeah, like I, I, I well, there up- was a Life magazine retrospective about <laughs> Princess Di that was pretty nasty. Angel. Angel, I, I grew up looking at these Playboys, mostly Playboys that were, that were, you know, from the seventies. Yeah, and so they were very tame and very soft focus, and lots of diffusion, and lots of very, very hairy pussies. Yeah. yeah. I, look, a 70s Playboy centerfold is going to oh, be a foxy babe. Fantastic. Amazing. I think the aesthetics of the 1980s and 90s with regard to nudity were pretty intense. Like it it really became a, an intense operation, a real Pamela Anderson-y mm-hmm. situation, real hard and fast there in 1984 or whatever. 
But yeah, those uh, 70s Playboy lady, that's going to be a total babe. Yeah, of course. But yeah, I, I think there was a few penthouses mixed in. And I think I remember one in particular. It didn't scar me like the ones that you're talking about, but it was it was definitely one that was different from the pile. And it was uh, they had a, you know, like a, a th- they did a photo shoot with a theme to it. They had mm-hmm. a they built a set. They wow. they hired a stylist for the day to <laughs> get some props and stuff. Stan Winston did the makeup effects. <laughs> yeah. And it was a prison scenario. It was. Oh. uh uh, yeah, and it, uh, that one was that was uh, different from the rest. And I remember, I vividly remember some imagery from that that I was not disturbed by, but just sort of intrigued by. Why? Why do adults find this? Why? Why do I find this so interest? So gosh darn sure. interesting, you know. Uh, <laughs> Next thing you know, a wench is criticizing you while pouring <laughs> meat in your face. <laughs> yep. Hey, you guys want to listen. We should all take some time to read some articles. You guys want to read some short fiction by Philip Roth and then come back and wrap up the show? (laughs) I got this John Updike to finish off. Email us your voice memos at jjgo at maximumfun.org. If you got early internet memories, send them to jordanjessego at aol.com. You can always call us 206-984-4FUN. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessego. Since the dawn of time, man has dreamed of bringing life back from the dead. From Orpheus and Eurydice to Frankenstein's monster, resurrection has long been merely the stuff of myth, fiction, and fairy tale. Until now. Actually, we still can't bring people back from the dead. That would be crazy, but the Dead Pilot Society podcast has found a way to resurrect great dead comedy pilots from Hollywood's finest writers. Every month, Dead Pilot Society brings you a reading of a comedy pilot that was sold and developed but never produced, performed by the funniest actors from film and television. How does Dead Pilot Society achieve this miracle? The answer can only be found at MaximumFun.org. Hello, dreamers. This is Evelyn Denton, CEO of the only world-class, fully immersive theme resort, Steeplechase. You know, I've been seeing more and more reports on the blogs that our beloved park simply isn't safe anymore. Murdered them? I'm gonna wreck it. They say they got mugged by brigands in the fantasy kingdom of Ephemera or hijacked by space pirates in Infinitum. I mean, I could have a knife. My papa said that I needed to do a crime. Friends, I'm here to reassure you that it's all part of the show. These criminals were really just overzealous staff trying to make things a little more magical for our guests. We're just as safe as we've always been. This isn't a county fair, dreamers. This is Steeplechase. The Adventure Zone. Every Thursday at MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Moore's boy detective. And it's me, Sam Regal. Hidden message. Play this episode backwards to hear what it is mm-hmm. and then mail mm-hmm. us four <laughs> box tops <laughs> with a self-addressed stamp envelope and you will Any get box will do. Any box. <laughs> Just <laughs> we need the top. <laughs> Sam, at this point, is Critical Role some kind of expanding franchise brand? Like, you had one television show. Then you just sold another television show, right? There's going to be a new television be, show. Yeah, we're we're making a a television show version of our second D and D campaign, the Mighty Nine campaign. We're hard at work on it, writing it. So yeah, things are expanding. 
And I guess you could call us a brand if you want to be douchey about it. <laughs> we do. We're huge douchebags. We're, we're embracing it. Jesse and I call each other babe in public. Sam, let's talk about passive income. <laughs> oh, yeah, let's do it. No, it's it's great. It's been, you know, it sounds like I'm being like I'm being corny and approved PR marketing messagey, but I genuinely I just like working with my friends. We just have fun together That's because fun. we're ju- just friends and it's really fun. Yes, we love the stuff that we're making. Yes, we want to make it really great and yes, we want to, you know, make it commercially successful and make sure Amazon is commercially happy and that our company is is thriving and all that commercial commercial stuff. But honestly, I'm old enough at this point where I just want to go hang out with my friends and talk about stuff that we all love together. And that's what we get to do. Sam Regal, I do want to clarify one thing. You're in it to hang out with your friends. You're in it to make a living. You're also locked into a bitter blood feud with the McElroy brothers. Is that correct? (laughs) You hate them and they hate you and your successes are their failures and vice versa. But unlike every other sort of Hollywood feud, this one is only private. It's we can't we keep it completely <laughs> private. Don't talk about it in public at all. Yeah. You get together once a year in the basement of Yale. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you put on your little masks. Yes. <laughs> the legend of Bucks Machina on, yes, Machina on Amazon Prime is such a fucking great show. It is oh, hilarious. You, the action rules. On fights. It's really shocking and gory sometimes in a way that's like a fucking blast especially this new season we got some dragons wrecking shit it's Mm -hmm. great i love it and i think that like no matter how up on the critical role of verse you are this is a show you can and should enjoy if you listen to jordan jesse go you're probably a fan of horny regal and you're gonna get a lot of great (laughs) horny regal yeah in the legend of vox machina Great. That's the good news for you. So there's Thank a lot of there's a lot of horny Regal in there. There's a lot of there's a lot of Regal's little songs. If you love his little songbird voice, yeah. Uh-huh. Well, this this dude's house that I'm in right now, my brother-in-law Peter, where I'm watching the Super Bowl. He and I write all the music together. We write Whoa. the scan the, the the music that I sing in the show. There's another fellow Neil Acre who does the score. Incredible talent. But me and my brother-in-law Peter. I don't care for his work. We thank you. Yeah, I, I'm more I, of a Peter yeah. guy. <laughs> but me and Peter write all the songs that I, I end up singing in the show together. And he and I, Jordan, yes, we were in a college acapella group yeah. together. <laughs> yep. And wait, did you meet your wife because she was the sister of your acapella group friend? Oh, oh it goes deeper. So me and my best bud Peter, who were in, we were in an acapella group. He was dating this girl in another acapella group called the Silhouettes. Uh-huh. <laughs> it's a pun because the unofficial mascot of the University of Virginia is the Wahoo. It's the Wahoo fish. So they were the Silhouettes. Wahoo. Silwahoo. Silhoo. H-O-O. So a who is short for Wahoo, Wahoo, which is a type of fish, which is the unofficial mascot. Of the University of Virginia. This is all very clear. I don't know what you're having a problem with, Jesse. <laughs> anyway, he was dating a girl in the silhouettes. Another Isn't our, this, Aren't they all just supposed to be called shirts and giggles or whatever? <laughs> and 
Her sister was also a member of her acapella group, The Silhouettes, and I started dating her after she had dated another guy in my acapella group. (laughs) (laughs) Sam Regal, first of all, don't bullshit a bullshitter. We know this is something you read in Penthouse. <laughs> I never thought it would happen to me. <laughs> Dear Penthouse Forum. Two sisters singing in harmony? <laughs> I'm just a baritone. What would you want with me? <laughs> That's pretty much it. Chicks love baritones, Chicks Jordan. We all know that. I guess so. Don't talk back. The show is great. <laughs> Definitely there's a lot of critical role material out there you can ingest. Oh, yeah. Endless. But yeah, big recommendation from yours, Shirley, for The Legend of Vox Machina. Oh, it's such a great buddy. show. And I'm going to take this opportunity to say, if you're looking for an anime lawyer simulator video <laughs> game, you could do a lot worse than Phoenix Wright Ace Attorney. He's Now, Sam is not in the television version, only in the video game version, I believe. Is that correct, Sam? That is Sam? correct. That is, that is correct, yes. Okay. It's a, Different it's a small subset of the Ace Attorney media. But yeah, you're right. It is top 10 lawyer anime video games. I think it's time, Jordan. I think if we have the power to do anything in show business, it's to get Sam one of these new Spider-Mans that they got in these movies with a bunch of Spider-Mans. I mean, we, I think, collectively came up with a great new character for the next Spider-Verse film, Horny Redfair (laughs) Spider-Man. If they cast anyone else in that role, there should be rioting in the streets. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I think that's a really good point. Wallace Shawn, obviously, at this point is almost certainly offer only. He's focused on writing socialist plays. And so I, I think Regal's got to be your choice. And Regal's not above doing a whatever the Spider-Man voiceover equivalent of a screen test is. He'll do a chemistry test with Nicolas yeah. Cage, see how it sounds. Yeah, yeah, I'll do a I'll do a producer's callback. Why not? Sure. Yeah, I'll, I'll be. I'll let them direct me and and just push the voice around, see where it lands. Sam's yeah. not afraid to take notes, Jordan. He's a, pro. He's a pro, a real working actor, an actor's actor, <laughs> a fucking pro. Regal shows up. He's not a prima donna. This guy takes notes. Just ask his wife. Am I right? Whoa, whoa. Because right, hold on. they're acapella, acapella backgrounds. <laughs> Jesse, again, these are home jokes. <laughs> <laughs> they're acapella backgrounds. <laughs> Our producer is Daniel Zafrin, producer emeritus, Brian Sunny D. Fernandez. Our theme music, Love You by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design, and Light in the Attic Records. You can find us all over the social medias at Jordan Jesse Go on Twitter, Facebook.com slash Jordan Jesse Go. We're on Instagram uh, at Jordan David Morris and at put.this.on. Hey, come hang out with us on Reddit, maximumfun.reddit.com. There's a lot of good vibes over there on the Reddit. You know what I mean, Jordan? Just a lot of positive, good vibes. I'm not saying it's dogs on cars level good vibes. No. <laughs> but as far as Reddit goes, Pretty good vibes. Yeah, pretty good vibes. Okay, we'll talk to you. Data is beautiful. No. (laughs) R slash marbles. We'll talk to you next time on Jordan Jesse Go. I'll hug you and kiss you and love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Love you. Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Audience supported.